No, the COVID relief bill is not something we should be happy with. $1.9 trillion? Pushed where? Oh, it's all broken up, Tony, and it's, oh, it's going to do such good work for America. It's $1.9 trillion. Do we not care about debt at all? Well, the answer is no. Donald Trump didn't care about debt. The Democratic Party doesn't care about debt. So far, uh, the people who care about debt are myself, Rand Paul, and, and possibly you. So, that's, so, so, so there's us. Right? Of course I'm opposed to it, because I'm opposed to $1.9 trillion. I am in favor. I have no issue with. I am not opposed to targeting relief in the places that need it. But if you put together a COVID relief bill that gives $100 million to subways in San Francisco, I'm opposed. It's a terrible, miserable, awful idea. But it did pass the Senate, not without some fights and not without certain amendments, not making it. Poor Bernie Sanders got himself throttled. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. You have eight Democrats that put an end to the $15 an hour minimum wage amendment. And, well, good. Yes! 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 You know where I am on the minimum wage. I would get rid of the minimum wage. I've got the economic argument for it. Trust me when I say it's not going anywhere, but I'm more than willing to engage this with anyone, anywhere, at any time. The $15 an hour minimum wage is, of course, uh, a a fanciful number uh, that came out of the ether because it sounded good with fight for. Fight for 16, fight for 14. Ah, they were all right, but fight for 15. Ah, see, that's what they consider compromise. But already you've got Representative Ocasio-Cortez pushing the idea that if you measure for inflation, we should be at $24 an hour. It's, it's always great when somebody who doesn't sign the front of paychecks wants to tell other people who sign the front of paychecks how much that paycheck should be made out for. Oh, don't worry. They'll get into whom next. So Bernie Sanders tried to push this through, uh, pushing the, the, the vote through. It failed 58 to 42. Now, many of the Democrats who voted against it, including people like uh, Joe Manchin, uh, Kristen Sinema of, of Arizona and others. You want the others? Uh, you got Tester of Montana, Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, uh, Angus King of Maine. He's an independent. Sinema, uh, as I said, Tom Carper of Delaware and Chris Coons of Delaware. It's interesting that a couple of them voted in these state blocks. That's that's very, very interesting. Um the, 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 the argument here is that, well, you know, it's just we should have this go through regular order and not happen through any level of reconciliation. You know, we should just go straight with this and be done. Go, so go about bringing it up at another time. Then you've got Joe Manchin saying, well, the minimum wage should be $11 an hour. That's what we should raise it to. You've got Senator Tom Cotton and Senator Mitt Romney who want to make it $10 an hour. Only proving the point that there is no such thing as a minimum wage. No one can even agree on a number. This idea, I shouldn't say there's no such thing as a minimum wage. There's no, no such thing as a living wage. They can't figure out the number. They're guessing. They're making it up. So why in the world would we want to get ourselves involved in such a thing? Well, because it helps people. Are we sure? 
We knew that 900,000 people would get a benefit from increasing the minimum wage, but it would cost the jobs of 1.4 million people. So therefore, not a benefit. The benefit would be skills, right? What are the skills that people can gain? What are the skills necessary in today's workforce to help them get into the marketplace? You know, if you go to a, a, a state website, you can find access to all sorts of information. I wonder if you could go to a state website and take an online course in coding, if that might not be, you know, more beneficial. If a state, could we see our way clear? I'm not, I, and I, I haven't, I, I have not gone through it, right? Is it for the state to provide these things? Well, I'm going to argue no. However, maybe compared to seven or eight other things that we provide that we shouldn't be providing, maybe this would be the right thing to provide even though we shouldn't provide it, right? What if we took away some of the nonsense programs and we offered an online course in coding? What if we offer an online course in coding that if you take the test and you pass, not only do you get the certificate, but you can get a tax credit for the computer you bought to take the course. Now, I can, I can hear plenty of people saying that is not the role of government. I'm not disagreeing with you. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you. And I also hear the people who say, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say, Tony? Understand I have not thought of this until right now. Literally have never gone through this until right now. I'm simply asking a question. Is it the job of the state to tell employers what they have to pay employees? Or instead of saying it's the job of the state, could the state make a decision to help its residents find opportunities for better employment? I argue against the minimum wage because what it does is it prevents people from negotiating in their best interest if they don't have a skill set. They don't have the skills for $7.25 an hour, never mind $15 an hour. But they're not able to go get a job to help them get the skills. Right? They can't get the job because the job pays too much and the employer needs somebody who has the skill set. So nobody gets a chance to learn the skills. So they can't negotiate and say, hey, you don't have to pay me $15 an hour, pay me $7.25 an hour, or you don't have to pay me $7.25, pay me $5 an hour. For three months, I'll show you I can do it. Remember, I'm a guy who got into radio by working for free. Let me say that again. I got into radio by working for free. That's what I did. How else do you think I got here? I had to prove it. I had to be in it. And I did whatever it took within the law to be able to prove it. That's what I did. That's how I did it. I'm not the only person, by the way, who has ever done such a thing. People live in their cars. People go without. They do all sorts of things. No, the state should not be declaring a minimum wage and telling the employers of that state what they have to do and how they have to do it. Terrible idea. But if a state said, you know what, we need to skill up. We're always talking about skilling up. and There are lots of programs here, there, and everywhere. We're just going to offer the courses. We're going to offer the courses. Maybe we're going to offer the courses through this group or through that group. I don't know. Then they'd be picking and choosing in that case, and that's not cool. You pass a course. You can take the test and pass the test. 
get a tax credit on the computer that you had to buy in order to take it. And now you've got some skills. Now you can go out there at least get the entry-level job and learn more skills. Just a boy with a theory. And you know what? Someone could tell me, Tony, you know where they're doing that? Here, 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 here. And I'll be like, son of a gun. People were thinking before me. That's great. This COVID relief bill is not thinking at all. $1.9 trillion added to the debt we already have creates massive problems. And people keep wanting to share with me. My, my, my social media feeds are lousy with people wanting to share with me. Look at all the good that's going to do. You simply don't like it because it's Democrats. I don't like it because it's an obscene amount of spending. $350 billion to state and local governments. You know what that means? It means bailouts. I reject the idea that we should be bailing out Illinois. Screw them. I'm not paying for their pension liabilities. Who would ever want to do such a thing? You want to take the $1,400 stimulus checks? Feel free. You know what they've done in this bill? They've changed the payout. It used to be that you got the payout making up to 75000 a year, and then it would slowly graduate down to you got to 100000 for an individual, 150000 200000 for a couple. Now, for an individual, $1,400 for 75000 phased out at 80000 Married couple, phased out at 160000 So you've got people who got a, a check the last time around, maybe two times around, who won't this time. Because we've now decided that a married couple making $150,000 a year, sorry, $160,000 a year is rich. Now, I have said this before, and I've had both producer Ari, who's right there. Hello, Ari. This is such a bad take. Oh, it's so good. No, it's really not. It's because, it's, it's because you haven't lived enough. You will. You, you're in the suburbs now. You'll get it. People want to tell me, Tony, you can't say on radio that people who make $160,000 a year have it hard. Okay. Except you could take a look at America and take a look at all the people who between them make $160,000 a year and have two kids in college. And then you tell me how far the money is going. You see, my, my producer, my executive producer, they both think that 160000 is rich and those people should shut up and not complain. Oh, poor baby. That's not what I said. It is what you said. It's what you're saying. No, I'm not. I'm just then saying the, the amount, what percentage of Americans do you think make $160,000 a year? Because I can tell you it's under 5%. So you're saying five that the 5% of the country who makes that kind of money if they're struggling to get by just imagine all the people who make less than that i don't make $160,000 a year i'm not just getting by i'm doing fine if you make that much and you're struggling you made colossally bad decisions in your life because that is enough money if you use it properly to be able to get by they can't use it properly cuz they're too busy paying for the stimulus checks that are going to all the other people can so i help you so am i the people who are putting in are paying the other people and not in some kind of directed way that they maybe could be okay with people who have actually been impacted. No, we're just saying based on the numbers. And I want everybody to know what the numbers have come down to. The numbers have come down to if you make $160,000 a year between the two of you, you're rich. Don't you know you're rich? My goodness. 
Is, aren't you lucky? And aren't you lucky that your financial advisor, producer Ari, has let you know that you're a holy damn fool for not being able to manage your money well? Oh, no. If you have $160,000 a year and you are struggling to get by, you've made colossal mistakes. Or you were really unlucky. And therefore, you deserve nothing. You deserve nothing. You were depending on it. You were looking for it. But they, made, they changed the deal on you. You could argue that that's what they're supposed to do because we should only take care of the people who need it. But we're not just taking care of the people who need it. That's my argument. We're just changing it out. Well, no, no, no. We're going to give out less and that's going to be better. So that's where they decided to save the money. Giving out less. Is, that is a great, great story of government spending. Great story. Of government spending. We just decide when you've got too much, and then we make the number a little bit lower. Wait till that number is uh, 60000 and higher. <laughs> It'll come. It's just one of many things that's in uh, the, the, this bill. Right? There's $130 billion in funds for K-12 schools. That's to help districts reduce class size to accommodate social distancing, to improve ventilation and make other changes. But it doesn't mandate that schools reopen for in-person learning. So they're going to get $130 billion, and they're going to all put in a a, a new ventilation system, but it doesn't mean that people are going to come back. $15 an hour, $11 an hour, $24 an hour, it is an arbitrary number. 75,000, 80,000, 160,000 for a couple, an arbitrary number. They just set these numbers and hand out the dollars like it's candy. The opposition should be to this kind of spending. We're doing it wrong. We did it wrong under Trump. We're doing it wrong now. We did it wrong under Obama. We did it wrong under George Bush. We haven't learned. Well, the spending's going to catch up with us, guys. It's just a matter of very soon. I'm Tony Katz. So this is a... A tweet. This is this is wrong. Mike Pence has no base of support in the GOP now. He got one percent approval in a recent CPAC poll. It's over. Guys, everyone take a breath and a beat. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I don't think that Vice President Mike Pence should run for president. I have said so now for years. I've had a chance to interview him on multiple occasions. He was the governor of Indiana, and I interviewed him as governor multiple times. I've shared donuts with the man. I am not angry with him. I just don't think that his best spot for Republicans is running. I also think he would have a very hard time in a general election, actually less so a primary but this idea that Pence is a traitor, can we stop this? Can we just stop it? I saw multiple things wrong with the election and said so. I said that I would have challenged the electoral votes from Pennsylvania. Without question. Because the legislature was usurped by the judicial. Absolutely worthy of a challenge. But there was no procedure by which Mike Pence 
could send back the electors for for certification, for recertification, didn't exist. Traitor to whom? To Donald Trump? That is not my concern. Traitor to the Constitution? That is my concern. You wanted him to do more? You wanted him to speak up more? Okay. You wanted him to speak up more. You wanted him to do something that he couldn't do constitutionally. Well, I can't help you. Donald Trump does not usurp the Constitution. Donald Trump is not more important than the Constitution. You're not going to get an argument from me about issues with the election, which, by the way, are fine to talk about. I love when people are like, oh, you're just promoting the falsehood. Oh, stop talking. You sound like a crazy person. I'm a grown-up. I see issues. I say so. Well, the courts didn't. Courts that didn't take a case don't get to say to me that there was nothing there because that's not what they said. If a court doesn't take a case, they don't take a case. It doesn't mean there's nothing there. The Supreme Court should have taken the Pennsylvania case. The Supreme Court should have taken the Texas case. But it's 2021. We are nowhere near knowing where the Republican Party is going to be for 2024. What are we doing? It's like the the, the poll at CPAC, right? It's the straw poll that they take. And they take it every year, and it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. It's meaningless. So what are we doing? Everyone take a breath. We've got a lot of time. A lot of things to figure out. I say this. Mike Pence has more support in his base than Andrew Cuomo. No? It's a low bar. You mean a guy who now have five times has been uh, accused of sexual impropriety has more support than Mike Pence? Because if so, it sure says something about the Democratic Party, and it sure as hell says something about the Republican Party. Of that, there is no doubt. But nah. See, it's social media, and this is the this is the stuff that I think you just throw out there, even from people who I, I think are good people. Nah, pay that one no mind. Now, as for Andrew Cuomo, two more people are accusing him of impropriety, and he's like, I don't care. That guy is not resigning. We'll get into the story. This is Tony Katz today. So you've got two more women who are saying that they were treated improperly by Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY. Love to hear from you, 833-468-8669. These other two women, uh, one who says that, you know, uh, he, he pulled her into kind of was, was a hotel room and gave her a hug and she wanted to leave and he brought her in real close. And then another, or maybe it's the same woman who I guess has been a thorn in his side for a couple of years. I don't know if I believe them or don't. I don't know if this is a pylon or not. I have no clue. What I can say is that the leader of the Democrats in the New York Senate has said that he should resign. And that some people who have said, and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, right? They made the argument that, well, you know, if, if, if more than three people complain, then I'll, I'll, we'll say something. And now five people have. Five people have. Um, and it's, it's, we're getting silence. It's because they didn't know it could be this bad.
and it's bad. And Andrew Cuomo's like, I'm not resigning. I'm not going anywhere. I was elected by the people of New York. None of that matters, Andrew. You think that matters? I would argue that Meghan Markle polls higher than Andrew Cuomo. By the way, Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, did the interview yesterday with Oprah Winfrey. Oh, that didn't go well. I've got that story. I, I will get to it. I, I promise. I know. I know. It's the royals. I, I'll, actually, they're not royals. So we could totally talk about that. I'll, 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 I'll get in. I'll get it out. Perfect. No problem. No problem. But Andrew Cuomo is convinced I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm solid. There, there's, there's, there's no issues here. I'm not going to, this, this is so political and people are, 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 are coming after me. Uh, and, and, uh, we don't, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about, uh, any, any, any of this. Now there is people saying, you know, we're, we're making a mistake. And one of those people is representative Claudia Tenney saying that we're all focused on this sexual harassment case, but New York Senate Majority Leader calling on Cuomo to resign. That's if another allegation is made. But three women have already accused him of sexual harassment. So should that be enough? Here to react is New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Congresswoman, thanks for being here. So my issue with this is not, you know, of course, you know, Governor Cuomo, like everyone else, deserves his due process. But there's a separate set of rules, it seems. When we're talking about, you know, Justice Kavanaugh, there's one set of rules. When we're talking about Andrew Cuomo, there's another set of rules. Shouldn't there be consistency? in the way we approach these things. Yeah, it's very disappointing that the Senate Majority Leader thinks there's a magic number that needs to happen. Well, there's been a lot of magic numbers thrown out by Governor Cuomo all year, such as how many people can be present at a funeral versus how many can be home at Thanksgiving versus how many can attend a Buffalo Bills game. So this is all just a guise uh, from what's really going on is that the real serious issue here, and I'm not going to say that these sexual harassment allegations aren't serious. And as you say, the governor, like everyone else, is entitled to due process. But there is a different standard. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh, Governor Cuomo set his own standard. Justice Kavanaugh should submit to a polygraph test. And he demanded that he resign or not be considered until he, he not be considered for the Supreme Court until he completed that test. This same Governor Cuomo set a standard for former disgraced Attorney General Eric Schneiderman when a New Yorker article revealed sexual harassment issues with him before he had due process, Governor Cuomo demanded his resignation. So uh, I don't know, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, our majority leader, maybe she felt that uh, Eric Schneiderman should have resigned as well. Uh, But I don't want any of this to overshadow how serious the cover-up of the nursing home scandal is and the falsification of records, which has just been revealed by a Wall Street Journal article, that Governor Cuomo's staff and Governor Cuomo I'm certain his entire inner circle was aware of this. Have covered- That's the story. You forgive me. It was a, a bit of a long clip. I should have prepared you for that. The question was asked by Jedediah Beeler over at Fox News. The answer given by Representative Tenney. That of course there are double standards at play. Of how they treated Brett Kavanaugh. Totally different than how it's being discussed with Andrew Cuomo. But it is growing in terms of the pressure on Andrew Cuomo. 
But the bigger story is the nursing home scandal. And there are going to be plenty of people who say, how dare you, Tony, you're dismissing the claims of these women. Not at all. I am, however, ranking the horror. I don't think I put them on equal footing. It's clear that Andrew Cuomo was a creeper trying to get himself a little something-something. This is obvious. I don't think it could be denied. I don't think it could be questioned. I don't think anybody thinks otherwise. Andrew Cuomo and his staff tried to hide 9,000 deaths and, through policy, caused them. I rank them. I don't... Maybe there are times where I don't, but on this one, I rank them. One is worse than the other, in my view. And as this is happening, you got to listen to to Tenny again, right? The, 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 The representative, she's hitting all of the right moments. I'm certain his entire inner circle was aware of this, have covered up the tragic deaths of nursing home residents and his failed policy, all while he was writing a book about his great leadership uh, during this period of time. So I do take these sexual harassment cases seriously, but there is due process. But these people who died in nursing homes aren't getting their due process right now. And She's 1,000% right, Claudia Tenney. That's her name. See, for that alone, Cuomo's got to go. The other stuff seems like, you know, just a... See, it's not just an add-on. That's wrong, Tony. You can't say that. It's not an add-on. It's it's pretty ugly, these accusations. And it's just, oh, he's such a creep. If he had just come out and asked, hey, you want to go back to my place? Like, that would be better. Then, uh, so, uh, so do you like older men? <laughs> I don't know why I sounded like producer Ari right there. I, I apologize, everybody. It was kind of like me. <laughs> I can admit a good impression. I mean, he's just, he's just a creep. But, oh, he, he, he's responsible for people's deaths, and that's why he has to go. Now, there is a fight in the Republican Party. This is officially my favorite fight because President Trump's out of his head. See, when he's, when he's right, I'll say so. When he's out of his mind, I'm also going to say so. What is the fight? The fight is that President Trump wants Republican fundraising organizations to stop using his likeness. So Politico reported on this letter it was a cease and desist that this is the story, uh, right? Uh, that went to the Republican National Committee, the Republican National Republican Congressional Committee, and the National Republican Senatorial Committee. He wants them to stop using his image. He's the former president of the United States. I think he gave up the ghost on that one. The reason that he wants this is because he wants to control every part of him he wants to make that determination he wants to be the power center now he doesn't have to worry about it he's already the power center uh, you you christy gnome went to visit 
right? Christy Nome went to go visit Mar-a-Lago. And, and others have, have uh, stopped by to, to kiss the ring, if you will. Oh, Trump's got a lot of power and a huge base. And where he sends the people, the people will go. See, I, I think that, that the media certainly has it wrong. That, that Trump is like uh, some kind of negative. Nah, yeah. you're not seeing that right. You're not seeing that right in the slightest. At least certainly right now, it could develop that way in, in, in some level of greater form. It could diminish in a couple of years. Things will change as you get around to the election. But he wants to be able to have power. He's already said he's going after Lisa Murkowski, that, that she wasn't loyal, this, that, and the other, the senator from Alaska, and he's going to work hard to run somebody against her and cost her her seat. Well, of course he's going to do that. To do that, he wants to be able to gather as many people and as many dollars, as many, as much opportunity to his side, so he wants to control his likeness. He's the former president. That ship has sailed. I don't know how he thinks he's going to win this one. No clue. China pushing tough on Taiwan, and Jason Whitlock has it right about critical race theory, anti-racism, and the bigotry in our schools. What is religion these days? I've got that story coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So China is telling Joe Biden to back off. And this has to do with Taiwan. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. They didn't like the fact that President Trump was getting lovey-dovey with Taiwan. Taiwan, of course, wants its independence. China, of course, believes in one China and utilizes the the threat to keep uh, Taiwan from moving even further in its goal and in its desire uh, to have its own freedom. This is who China is. Rational people know this. None of those people play in the NBA. LeBron James is all about now uh, voter suppression. I'm going to get into that story coming up in in a little bit. But Jason Whitlock was on with uh, Mark Levin. Jason Whitlock, a sports guy who does talk about social issues and and political issues. And I always have issue with the sports guys getting involved because very often the sports guys just want to show how woke they are and they aren't willing to take positions that come from a school of thought. Now, that I might disagree with it, but if it comes from a school of thought, it comes from an idea, it comes from a place, I can at least appreciate that and say, no, here's why I think something else. But very often what you get from the sports guys is whatever allows them to get the next interview. And the sports guys can get mad at me all all, all they want. It happens to be true. Jason Whitlock is not even really getting into political. What he's getting into is cultural. Black sports writer talking about what's going on in America with critical race theory, with anti-racism in schools. And so he's having this conversation with uh, Mark Levin over there on Fox. And he's talking first about, uh, you know, China can get away with almost anything. And, well, the sports world doesn't respond, but it's part of something that's indeed, uh, you know, a, a, a little bit greater uh, in America, and that, that's what a lot of these pop culture leftists are. They're Marxists. And I, I think they are systematically undermining all the American values that made us great. We have people so focused on race 
black people and white people, and, and I particularly say this about black people because that's the constituency I'm very familiar with, we've abandoned our religious faith for a race-based faith that our religion is now race. That's what we are out to protect and to promote and to celebrate more than Jesus Christ. And I'm just, so, this is inappropriate. And when we all, all of us Americans, black, white, whatever, when we submit ourselves to a higher power, when we, even if you're an atheist, you have to admit the Judeo-Christian values are why people are breaking down the doors to get into America. It's why our border at the Mexican-American uh, border is flooded with people trying to get in here. They're not attracted to the Marxist values that are being promoted today. They're attracted to the freedom that Judeo-Christian values created here in America. And if you look at I just want to I just want to see the country that has as many people trying to flood into it that within it has so many critics of America like America's the worst place on the world we have African people we have all kinds of dark indigenous people trying to but breaking down doors to get into America but somehow America's the most racist place on earth and you know he's right, I know he's right, he knows he's right. That the argument of if America is so terrible, why are so many people trying to get here? These two things are, are a contradiction that cannot be explained. And that yes, race has become a religion. It's a good line. Now we see this in the world of critical race theory and anti-racism. And, and if you ask me, hey Tony, weren't you discussing this last week? Well... There's going to be some more. There is going to be some more. I am paying very close attention for uh, to a group called fairforall.org, Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. I am debating whether to start my own chapter of it, although me finding time is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But these are people who I may disagree with ideologically, or, or I should say politically, but we all believe that we're allowed to speak freely. And what we're seeing is anything but free speech. What we're seeing is the absolute desire to put an end to that. And we're seeing it in schools through uh, diversity and inclusion officers, this very concept of equity, which is all mythology. None of this is valuable. Open and honest conversation is valuable. The Federalist reporting that Illinois teachers were greeted to a workshop that says uh, everything from the color of their skin to snow shoveling indicates systemic racism. They brought in an anti-racist coach, Dina Simmons. They got lectured to 10 speakers. No, No video was allowed. No recording was allowed. We're talking about people who praise the 1619 Project from the New York Times, which we know is a lie. Historians have said it's a lie, the idea that America's basically founded 1619 because that's when the first slaves came because America was founded all about slavery. Not true. Not founded to keep slavery. It's just a lie. And we're seeing this in schools and we're seeing it taught and we're seeing it being in this oppressive methodology. 
Jason Whitlock is right. We're going to keep talking about it. I'm Tony Katz.